Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Deep Roots at Home podcast. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and today we're going to be talking about the national formula shortage and Jackie's heart to encourage breastfeeding mamas. Plus, what can we do to help those that can't breastfeed? Recently, you can't go on any type of social media, news channel, or anywhere really without being inundated with the conversation on the formula shortage. Empty shelves, panicked moms, and lots of concern is on every side. Jackie has some fantastic formula recipes to share with you, but there's a larger issue on hand that is breaking Jackie's heart, and that is the fact that four out of every five moms are bottle feeding, and we are truly losing the beauty of breastfeeding in our culture. Yes, there are those who cannot breastfeed, and we never would discourage those mamas who have had a really tried and have a true need for the bottle. But are we really doing everything we can as a culture to help these moms? And that's what we are talking about today. Today's topic is from the article, The Dismissal of Breastfeeding. Doctors say stop calling it natural. Jackie published this on May 16th, 2022, and you can go to the link of it at the bottom of this podcast. At the top of the article, Jackie placed two images of two other articles that say, we need to stop calling breastfeeding natural. Breastfeeding isn't natural and it makes moms anti-vaxxers. The articles in the top image are not new, but the rush to dissuade women from what womankind have done to nourish our newborns since the beginning of time is now fiercer than ever. It grows more intense with the urgency to find baby formula and formula recipes. The author of the Slate article fretted that breastfeeding advocates are reinforcing the idea that natural is A, something that actually exists, and B, healthier. That using the word natural might unintentionally cause bias against unnatural interventions like vaccinations. It as much as implies breastfeeding could lead mothers down the road of homeschooling and alternative medicine. Here is Jessica Marducci and Ann Barnhill from Pediatrics. Quote, the idea of the natural evokes a sense of purity, goodness, and harmlessness. Meanwhile, synthetic substances, products, and technologies mass-produced by industry, notably vaccines, are seen as unnatural and often arouse suspicion and distrust. Part of this value system is the perception that what's natural is safer, healthier, and less risky. Wow, brilliant scientific insights. After Slate covered the paper, more than 650 commenters weighed in. Many, like these two examples, are particularly snarky. Quote, this reads like something I'd find in the onion, unquote. And, quote, this is alarming to see posted in a pediatric journal, unquote. The pediatrics commentary fails to mention the medical community's complicity in the promotion of formula over breastfeeding following World War II. The only reason breastfeeding even needs to be promoted today is because of the unholy alliance of the medical field with formula companies back in the 50s to convince families across the USA that nursing is passe and that formula feeding is more scientific and healthier for babies. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, the old and honorable tradition of the wet nurse was the preferred alternative when an infant mother was unable to provide milk for her child. With time, however, a campaign was launched to discredit wet nursing in general. The unmarried status of some of the wet nurses offended the moral code of influential social groups. Rumors circulated that the women were of low morals and carried venereal diseases. 
Besides, most modern families did not have the means or the inclination to have a strange woman move into their homes. Gradually, by persuasive advertising and other clever tactics, the formula industry got the attention of mothers everywhere. The formula manufacturers' main slogan in those days was that their formulas were scientific and thereby certain to contain all the ingredients that the baby needed to grow and be healthy. At that time, infant mortality was high, and breast milk and cow's milk were named as culprits. So-called experts claimed that mother's milk was not adequate to support the child. Sigmund Freud theorized that infants experienced suckling as sexual pleasure. Mothers were scandalized, and to head off the development of infantile incestuous desire, breastfeeding, holding, fondling, and cuddling were all abandoned. Virtuous mothers instead propped their babies up in high chairs with bottles. Jackie's mother's doctor utterly failed her in 1952 when she desperately wanted to nurse Jackie and desired guidance, telling her, what milk you have is no good or your baby would want it. The formula is best. She told Jackie she cried buckets of tears in the shower because they told her she had to bind her breasts. Imagine that. An entire generation and more of mothers have lost the matriarchal community wisdom regarding nursing, and we have not come close to recovering from this damage today. Formula companies like Nestle continue to push this false marketing campaign in third world countries even today. This kind of behavior leads to distrust of medical interventions and of science in general. It was troubling to Jackie that in the pediatrics article, assumptions were made about women who breastfeed and women who have questions about vaccines. It's true that some parents are reluctant to vaccinate their children because their child was injured by a vaccine. Jackie's oldest son seriously reacted to his first DTAP and she never went back. More and more are studying the issue and are concerned about the risks and they have legitimate concerns. The vaccine controversy will not go away by labeling people and denigrating them. So what can we do to help encourage breastfeeding in our culture? Well, first off, it is important for mamas to recognize that breastfeeding can be hard. The first time a woman breastfeeds, she needs lots of encouragement and guidance. One of the things she needs to be educated on is the volume of her newborn stomach. You would be amazed how tiny that little newborn, how tiny their stomachs are and how little they actually need. And just the fact that the first 24 hours, the nutrients from the cord are plenty sufficient for that baby's nourishment. Jackie's observation as a nurse is that the interventions that take place in the hospital can greatly influence the breastfeeding experience. Medications given to induce labor and for pain management can have negative side effects. Women that have C-sections have a more difficult time establishing breastfeeding. If there was support, if we had our, our mothers in the room with us, or even doulas and faithful midwives, if there was that kind of support, it can make a huge difference in the breastfeeding journey. How soon the baby's placed in the mother's arms, hopefully skin to skin in the first hour of life, that also influences early success in breastfeeding. If the mother's been traumatized by the manner of birth, breastfeeding may be more difficult to establish without a lactation consultant or a trusted older woman who has breastfed her children. Are we being asked to consider all medical interventions as natural? When we observe normal psychology and gain practical insights, 
Are these unnatural? That's why I advocate birthing out of the hospital, if at all possible. A good midwife and doula are worth their weight in gold. Many know much more than a doctor in his own little bubble, and their wide experience with the birth process is invaluable. Doctors today only come in for the actual delivery, making them myopic. Jackie's heart is sad because the turmoil in science and medicine is only making it hard on parents. My hope is that the medical community will listen to the concerns parents have and treat them with respect. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what we can do as a society to help encourage breastfeeding in our culture and also what we can do when mamas truly can't breastfeed their children. We'll be right back. It's no secret that Jackie absolutely loves TRS. Here is another fantastic testimony. Our three-year-old has been so much more affectionate and loving. She's autistic and has sensory issues, so her tendency has always been to go off by herself to play, and she would actively avoid social and physical contact. Being incredibly sensitive can be so isolating. I'm delighted to report that after six months of TRS, she's so much more sociable and affectionate. It's astounding. She initiates cuddles, welcomes kisses, hugs her big sister, likes hanging out with her little brother, asks grandma to pick her up, and makes sure she's in the company of family regardless of what she's doing. She wakes up every morning with a huge grin, ready to have fun and play. We are so grateful to see our little girl blossoming and joining the world, wanting connection and affection, making eye contact and sharing laughter. Thank you, TRS. For more information, please go to www.deeprootsathomes.com forward slash TRS. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. So welcome back. And at this point, as uh, your host, Abby Grace, I would like to share a couple of experiences that I actually had when I was not able to nurse uh, due to medical reasons and where someone else was not able to nurse. I actually had um, a time at one point where I was not able to nurse for various reasons for a couple of days. And my sister, who was lactating at the time, ended up nursing my baby. And they pumped me. And then they also, uh, my sister nursed my infant son. And I was so grateful that this did not, it did not interrupt my breastfeeding experience. And my baby was still able to experience the comfort of nursing. And even though my baby could have had my own breast milk in a bottle and has at times, this particular time for my baby to still receive that nourishment through the actual breast was extra important to me. Another instance that uh, I have from my own experience is I had a friend who um, I was actually at this friend's birth. And shortly after, when the baby was just a, a, a few weeks old, the father ended up in um, the hospital. And the poor mother was very torn because she wanted to be with her husband but could not be with her infant girl. And so I offered to take her daughter, daughter. And because I also was breastfeeding at the time, I breastfed both her daughter and my child through the night. And this was a great comfort for my friend so that she could know that her daughter was being cared for, getting nourishment of the breast milk, and she could in turn take care of her husband. So these are a few practical ways that 
in our culture, we could be supporting each other. When Jackie and I were having this conversation uh, the other day, she was talking about how we could use these opportunities in our culture if we were to support one another and not be afraid to nurse each other's babies when there are times. Now, that may seem radical in our culture, but if we think about this as a way to op- an opportunity to bless others, um, what would happen if there was a time where a mother was dealing with shortage in her milk supply for sickness or some reason or other, or maybe as um, a mother is trying to gain her nurse her milk supply up, maybe she had a C-section, maybe she had some complications after surgery that make it slower for her milk to come in. What if as a culture, what if as a church, we were able to step in and nurse each other's babies? Is this a, this could be a radical idea, but is this something that maybe we should be thinking of? The other day I was on Facebook and I actually saw a post that uh, was put out by SOS Lactation. Now, I don't know anything about SOS Lactation, so I'm not in any way condoning their company, but they had a picture of a grandmother in Vietnam who was breastfeeding her grandchild. And it is the common practice in many cultures for a grandmother to relactate so that she may breastfeed her grandchild. Now, this may also seem quite radical, but learning how to relactate truly can be an act of love, and it is possible. In fact, um, a lot of people seem curious as to how this is possible, but breast milk production is really all about supply and demand. The breast can continue to make milk indefinitely as long as there's a demand for it. Now, people may be curious with grandmothers, how does menopause affect this? Well, the pituitary glands are necessary in the production of breast milk, and menopause does not restrict the pituitary gland's ability to function. So yes, even after menopause, it's still possible to produce enough milk to nourish a baby. You know, the other thing that I was thinking about is there are milk banks that could be exploding with milk. There are so many mamas that have an overproduction of milk that as a culture, if we were to, um, uh, if, if we were to really focus on um, sharing our breast milk, this could be another way that we could really help those that simply cannot breastfeed. Another thing that I, Abby, will um, add to this is the importance of checking your child for a tongue tie. Tongue ties are more and more prevalent these days, and some of them can be quite severe. And I am thoroughly convinced as a doula, because I I also am a doula in my um, home life, um, I'm convinced that there are many breastfeeding relationships that could thrive if tongue ties were quickly recognized and dealt with. Tongue ties, if they're not dealt with, can cause long-term effects such as um, speech difficulties, need for braces, even um, difficulty with um, uh, breathing and, and, and such. But you can do your own research on this. But I feel like this is an area that maybe as natural mothers, we are a little more reluctant to address. But um, tongue ties that are dealt with quickly can make all the difference in a breastfeeding relationship. So if you are trying to breastfeed and it is painful, it should not be painful for more than a few seconds. Obviously, at the beginning of a breastfeeding um, relationship, when your breasts are sore, they're just getting used to uh, being sucked on, 
it is normal for there to be some discomfort right at latch on, but that should go away within a few seconds. And if there is still discomfort after that, then the latch is not correct. So if that is happening or there's any type of sucking noise, any type of air, if you're not seeing the baby's lips flanged on the top and at the bottom, these are the things that are warning signs that your baby's latch is not happening properly. Check with a breastfeeding consultant because I believe addressing these tongue ties early on makes or breaks a, a breastfeeding relationship. If your baby cannot latch properly, you may think that he or she is on properly, but if they're not latched on properly, you will have trouble with your milk supply because they will not be able to effectively nurse as they should. So that's another thing that as a culture we should be much more aware of is to check for these tongue ties. Having said all of this and the encouragement as a culture we need to have for our breastfeeding mamas, there are occasions where mama just can't breastfeed for some reason. And let's talk about what alternatives we have. Let's say that we do need a homemade baby formula. We'll talk about that in just a minute. to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well-baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. So, what would be some of the reasons that we would need a homemade baby formula? There are circumstances in which breastfeeding is not an option, such as adoption. Not all women can breastfeed su successfully. Some moms just do not have enough supply. And homemade whole food baby formula will be more nutritious than the milk of a mother who is on a junk food diet. If the mother's diet is poor, human milk will be lacking in vitamins A, D, B12, and other fat-soluble vitamins. Junk foods full of trans fatty acids will reduce the fat content of mother's milk and cause trans fatty acids to be present in the mother's milk. This is why it is important that mamas take care of themselves if they are wanting to breastfeed. So how about homemade formula? What can we do? Most of today's pediatricians will warn against raw milk and you have to purchase it from a local farmer as pet milk because raw grass-fed milk for human consumption is illegal in the U.S. The benefits of raw milk are due to the active immune factors, enzymes, probiotics, digestible proteins, and healthy fats for brain development. Pasteurization destroys these natural enzymes, probiotics, and immune factors which make the milk tougher to digest and assimilate. So, there are some formula recipes that bring about all the necessary ingredients to make the closest thing possible to mother's milk from a nutritional standpoint. The Weston Price Foundation has been the go-to in health community for years for families struggling to produce enough milk for their little one. 
Sarah Pope makes both raw milk formula and hypoallergenic meat formula if there's a true dairy allergy. And you can see that recipe and uh, the video on Jackie's blog. And in Jackie's continued search for different nutri nutritive formula options, since babies all have different needs, Jackie's mind kept going back to goat's milk. Back in the 1900s, a good number of her friends who adopted used a raw goat's milk-based formula because they had a wonderful local farm that could keep them supplied. All these children, which Jackie knew personally, thrived. Goat's milk prompts fewer allergic responses than cow's milk, and it is more easily digested and absorbed. For these reasons, its consumption is being increased all over the world. Goat's milk formula is also very similar in nutritional profile to breast milk. Goat's milk formula isn't sufficient by itself, though, but neither is cow's milk. Fats and nutrients are always added. Now we have a wonderful recipe based on a goat's milk powder from Mount Capra. And we will tell you this recipe, but first, how this recipe came to be. This is an amazing story. Nearly 10 years ago, I, Joe Stout, the president of Mount Capra, created the original homemade baby formula recipe for my daughter, Liesl. Liesl, like me, was allergic extremely to cow's milk ingredients and cow's milk formula. Because Liesl and her younger sister, Ellie, are only 13 months apart, breastfeeding was not an option for most of her infancy. I put my six years of nutritional study to good use, and I worked out a recipe using common grocery store ingredients with goat's milk as the protein base of the formula. Life for Liesl and for hundreds of kids like her changed for the better when she started using goat's milk ingredients instead of the processed, GMO-laden, corn syrup-based, soy estrogen-producing commercial formulas on the market. Making your own baby formula at home is not for the faint of heart. It involves careful consideration, Often a lack of support from those around you, extra work, and a perceived lack of convenience makes it difficult. But the benefits of faithful pre preparation and commitment to the absolute health of your child will far exceed anything you ever thought possible. Since finding raw or fresh goat's milk is extremely hard in most parts of the U.S., consider Mount Capra goat milk powder, which is widely available online or in local health food stores. Powder is also found in several other places which are resourced on Jackie's blog. You also, and this is really excited Jackie when she found this, you can actually get the complete goat's milk formula re recipe kit together, which includes methylated vitamins instead of synthetic ones. This involves ordering a lot of products up front, but then they last a long time. So it would balance out with the cost of pre-made store-bought formula. At this time, it's available on back order, but Jackie knows they're working hard to keep the supply flowing. On the original blog post, you will also find the homemade goat's milk formula recipe. As well, I want to briefly share with you the formula ingredient overview from the goat's milk formula kit. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. 
Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. First, there's the whole goat milk powder. This is where the magic begins. Goat milk is a remarkable food in that it more closely resembles the protein, fat, and carbohydrate structure of breast milk than literally any other ingredient available. The benefits range from the nucleotide DNA structure of goat's milk being as similar to breast milk to the presence of taurine in goat's milk amounting to 20 times that of cow's milk, which is, not surprisingly, the same ratio in breast milk. Goat's milk lactose is the next ingredient. Carbohydrates are the main source of energy for baby, and there is a fair amount of flexibility here. I prefer to use lactose as it is true milk sugar. Lactose is a combination of glucose and galactose, which is perfect for an infant's diet. Babies naturally produce excessive amounts of lactase, an enzyme used to digest lactose so the fit is natural. Also, lactose is really helpful in establishing lactobacillus acidophilus, good bacteria, in the newly formed GI tract of your little one. Other good options for your carbohydrate sources are organic raw turbinado sugar, organic maple syrup, brown rice syrup, and even cow's milk lactose. Honey is not a good option as it's not recommended for babies less than 12 months old. Goat milk ghee is the next ingredient. This is one of nature's greatest fat sources. Ghee is the clarified butter oil from goat milk cream and does not concern any of the allergens found in cow's milk. Saturated fat is extremely important for the brain development and overall health of your growing little one. The saturated fat in goat's milk ghee is high in medium chain triglycerides, MCTs. And because our goats are grass fed, Our ghee contains congelated linoleic acid, CLA, as well as important fatty acids such as lauric acid, which is found in high amounts of breast milk. Note, coconut oil is still a great option for the saturated fat category of the formula and can be used in the same amount as the goat milk ghee. Coconut oil was the most requested ingredient replacement question as it is unfortunately somewhat common as an allergen. We created our goat's milk ghee to address this need, and because this homemade goat formula is meant to be a low allergy option, the goat milk ghee is a great tool for those little ones who are especially sensitive to the allergens found in coconut oil. Next ingredient is organic high oleic sunflower oil. High oleic sunflower oil delivers more healthy fats, this time in the form of monounsaturated fats. High oleic, not the cheap standard, sunflower oil is the highest source, highest source of monounsaturated fatty acids available on the supermarket shelves. Olive oil is acceptable to use here if it is high quality and not adulterated with low quality oils. Sunflower oil is also a great source of naturally occurring vitamin E. Expeller pressed grapeseed oil is the next ingredient. Grapeseed oil is present to deliver the essential fatty acid linoleic, let me try that again, linoleic acid, which is vital in infant nutrition. This is a polyunsaturated fatty acid. 
that the body cannot produce on its own, but is not in need of it in large amounts. Commercial formula manufacturers pack their formulas with cheap canola safflower oils that are high in linoleic acid, but much higher than an infant needs for proper health. Since these oils are high in polyunsaturated omega-6 fatty acids, they tend to be inflammatory as opposed to the saturated monounsaturated fatty acids. Since you're making your own homemade baby formula, you get to add only the necessary amount of this essential fatty acid without flooding the formula with polyunsaturated fatty acids. You won't find that level of flexibility in any unpackaged, excuse me, in any prepackaged formula. Unsulfured blackstrap molasses. This thick black syrup is high in B vitamins, minerals, and is a natural source of iron. It also can help keep baby from getting constipated, so be careful not to give too much. Make sure you get the unsulfured variety, as it is far less processed. So these are the ingredients that are in every bottle. But now we have only once per day ingredients, and that is the Head Start Multi. We're super excited about the Head Start multivitamin powder made by Dr. Holness. Years ago, we set out to find the best children's multivitamin, which could be checked that could excuse me, the best children's multivitamin that we could that checked all the needs of our customers and mixed well in the homemade baby formula recipe, but found none that matched our needs exactly. So we worked in conjunction with a local naturopathic doctor, Dr. Matt Angove, ND, to come up with a multivitamin that gets our stamp of approval and is heads, and that is Head Start. It is an unflavored, easy to mix powder that even the pickiest of eaters will find enjoyable. It does not contain any GMOs or common allergens. It does contain methylated B vitamins. That was our most requested need. Remember this one, you only need to add to one bottle per day as it will contain all the vitamins, minerals needed for that day. So please don't add this to every bottle. DHA also is added once a day. It's another ingredient that only needs to be put in once per day based on the weight of the baby. It's also known as docosahexanoid. <laughs> Let me try that again. Docosahexanoic acid. Is, this is found in fish, algae, and most importantly, breast milk. It's not found in goat's milk, and it's a required addition to the formula for its content of DHA, as well as vitamin D and vitamin A. Goat's milk colostrum is another once per day adding. Colostrum is the thick yellow fluid which is produced as a precursor to mother's milk. It's found in humans, goats, and other mammals where it's produced by the mother for two days following birth. Colostrum can be described as a brilliantly transferred, tra as a brilliantly designed transfer system which effectively jumpstarts a newborn's underdeveloped immune system. Colostrum adds many beneficial bioactive ingredients such as lactoferrin, cytokines, growth factors, and immunoglobulins. It only needs to be added once per day. Make sure to get the powdered goat's milk colostrum for easy mixing. And finally, Flora Start Kids Probiotic. Probiotics are naturally in breast milk. Flora Start Kids is designed to deliver live probiotic bacteria that promote healthy gut microflora, protect intestinal integrity, and boost immune function. It contains three strains of lactobacilli and three strains of bifidobacteria, as well as Streptococcus thermophilus and Saccharomyces boulardii, an extensively researched microorganism shown to help restore microflora balance. The eight strains in Flora Start Kids 
have been strategically selected based on research supporting their survivability and adherence to the intestinal tract. Fluoristart Kits comes in a powder form for easy administration to children. Remember this ingredient only needs to be added once per day. Should be kept in cold storage until right before you add it to the bottle. So these are the ingredients where you can make your own goat's milk, homemade goat's milk formula recipe. But again, on the website of the original Deep Roots at Home blog, you will find a link for this amazing um, goat's milk kit that has all of these things all together put together for you so you can make your own homemade formula. So let's talk finally about how to transition from the formula you have been using to a do-it-yourself formula. Sarah Pope gives this advice. Gather your ingredients together and make your first batch, but then how do you feed it to your baby for the first time? It's important not to switch all at once as this can cause gas, excessive spit up, or an uncomfortable change in diaper habits such as constipation or overly loose stools. If possible, start by giving your baby three quarters of the old formula blended with one quarter of the homemade. Try this ratio for a day or two and see how your infant responds. If no digestive upset or major change in diaper habits occur, increase the amount to a 50-50 blend of old formula to homemade. Observe another day or two. If no major issues, increase once again to three quarters homemade formula to one quarter old formula. If baby does well on this blend for a third time, you are ready to fully transition to the homemade formula. If at any time during the transition, symptoms of intolerance emerge, back up to the previous successful blend ratio and stay there for a day or two before attempting to increase once again. In conclusion, above all, let's keep in mind the ultimate goal. The goal is healthy children, not breastfeeding for the sake of breastfeeding and not convenience feeding with store-bought foods, but healthy children. I will leave you with this verse from Psalm 143.8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way that I should go, for to you I entrust my life. joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time.